0: Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, it's me, Maggie. I am here with an author interview that I am incredibly excited about. Uh, This book caught my eye a few months ago. I devoured the proof. It is one of the loveliest books I've ever read, and I have the absolute privilege of getting to talk to the author about her debut novel, The Moon Represents My Heart, Please join me in welcoming Pim Wongtachawat. Pim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. I am so excited to talk about your book. Um, To sort of kick us off, would you mind just giving us a little bit of a synopsis of The Moon Represents My Heart and telling us a little bit about yourself as an author?
1: Oh, that's, oh, thank you so much. So, um, my name is Pim. I'm from Bangkok, Thailand. So I grew up in Bangkok and, um, I wrote The Moon Represents My Heart inspired by my own Chinese heritage. So it's a story about a family of British chi- Chinese time travelers who live in London. And, um, the story starts when the parents travel back in time and they don't come back. And the rest of the book is about how the two children called Tommy and Eva cope with that loss. And we also follow the story of the parents, Joshua and Lily, as they, um, um, grow up as they, as Joshua moved from Hong Kong to, to England and they start to fall in love and form a family. So it's a story about family. And yeah, with a little bit of time travel and history mixed in. Yeah,
0: wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> while you have been working on your book, what would you say before we really delve into um the book itself, what would you say is the perfect snack and drink combination to have Ooh. while you are writing? This is a good um very good
1: question. The first, this is the first um of its kind that anyone has ever asked me this. This is the first (laughs) time anyone has asked me this. Um, I think like I drink a lot of um iced lemon tea, so I'm a big like tea drinker and iced lemon tea. And the Starbucks in Bangkok has this like iced lemon tea that you guys don't have in the UK. So iced lemon tea definitely, or Chinese oolong tea, like hot tea. And snacks, I would recommend like popcorn, like sweet popcorn.
0: I'll just Kit Kat. <laughs> Those will be my oh, snacks. Nice. Um, wonderful. Yes. Those sound great. I am I am now buzzing to try the iced lemon tea. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Mm. Yes. I'm sorry
1: for going on a tangent about it, but the Starbucks, like it, it's very ah, hot in the UK why? to get like proper like iced lemon tea. I think you have to go to like these like bubble tea shops, but like it's much easier in like FanCorp to get like iced teas.
0: Definitely. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I'm from the States and I live in the UK now and like a good iced tea generally just doesn't exist here. It's very distressing. Yes, it doesn't.
1: Yes, it's very, it's very
0: <laughs> sad. <laughs> um. So you have been pretty vocal about how much research that you've done when you were writing and developing this book. What would you say was some of the more interesting or the most surprising thing that you discovered while you were researching?
1: I think like the most interesting thing that I discovered is um, the story about the Chinese sailors doing the second world war like this was a piece of history that I didn't know existed and I'm a pretty big like world war ii like history geek so I've read a lot about world war ii and watch a lot of world war ii movies and I've never come across this story before, so it's about, um so basically during the Second World War, there's a group of Chinese sailors, um who were based mostly out of Liverpool, and they fought fought in the war alongside the British soldiers. But then after the war was over, many of these um sailors married British women and they started families. Most of them are based again in Liverpool, and but then because they were um protesting for better wages. And because there were immigrants, the British government decided to like deport them back to China without telling their families about it. So there are many um, descendants of those sailors in Britain today who are still trying to find out what happened to their fathers, and it's it's just a huge like like missing um, void in in in. Mm in, in our history, I think, because I think like, especially in Europe, especially in Britain, lots of people, um, grew up being educated about the second world war. But this is a piece of history that so many people don't know. And I think it's still very recent that this just came, came to be known. And and I think a few years ago, that's when the British government issued an apology to these like sailors. So, and, you, there's um a journalist wrote a very detailed article on it in the guardian so i would really recommend people reading that because i do think it's a very oh, vital piece of history that yeah that's it's not very well known but it's i think it's very important and also very um illuminating
0: yeah absolutely so when you discovered it were you like really really keen then to add it to your book
1: yes i'm i was very yeah. keen to add that but i i i wish that um i could explore that in more detail because it's not a big part of the book it's a little it's a tiny tiny piece of their family history so it's not very well expanded on but i wish like maybe some some someday in the future i could write something about this i would love to write a historical like novel in the future because i'm a big fan of the genre so i would love to write maybe like something about the second world war through the eyes of, um, people we don't, don't usually like, um, see often in these narratives. So, but yeah, I was very excited to like, kind of like include that in my book Mm -hmm. because I do feel like,
0: yeah, more people should know about these stories. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, something that when I was even reading the book and I, I love historical fiction and I love, um like yeah. World War One, World War two history, and it was something that was very mm. new to me and i I had to like do a little bit of research because i I had never heard of um that happening before and I thought it was a really small but a really compelling part of the book, yes, um,
1: I like, for example, i didn't uh, I also didn't know that the original London Chinatown was in the east end was in limehouse so that was also very yeah very like a very fun piece of research to do and even if you go to the east end right now in london you see these like street names still in chinese so there's still remnants of that history and also um the chinatown in liverpool is also the um the first i think the first chinatown in britain as well so that was that was also very fun to look into that
0: yeah, no, that is super cool. That's amazing. Pim, do you have a favorite line or section from your book that you would like to share?
1: Oh, um, I think like one of my favorite chapters to write is um, the chapter where Joshua and Lily, basically the parents, mm-hmm. they, um, they get together romantically so there's um the whole um I just love that chapter I'm very proud of it because I feel yeah. like it's actually one of the best chapters I've ever written. Sorry, I'm opening my book. <laughs> <faster>. <laughs> I think it's called um, Joshua and Lily 1988, and I think that's this uh that's the chapter when when they like get together and they sort of form this connection and and there's a little bit of like time travel like a bit a role that time travel plays in them guessing together as well so mm. yes yeah. so Joshua and Lily if 1988 so if you have the book this is like the chapter that I'm most
0: proud of I loved that chapter I their relationship and as well as um is it Tommy and Peggy were just I loved both of them so much but I loved how time travel sort of plays a role in the very beginning oh. of their relationship
1: oh thank you so much that means a lot because I I had so much um fun like writing their love story and like their chapters and it just like it just flowed when I was writing it and I think like so much of um Joshua's character is based on my dad and my granddad so I think like um I like I wanted to give like my grandparents Joshua and Lily are sort of like the love story that I want to give my grandparents that I wish they had. So that
0: really means a lot when you say you enjoy that chapter too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. It It's absolutely one of my favorites in the book. I loved it so much. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, so while you were writing, I know every so often an author writes a character that is a little bit similar to them or similar to someone that they know. Um, yeah, I mean, you just said that Joshua is a little bit based off your grandfather and your father, but did you have a character that you found you related to the most? And if they were, were they the character that you had the most fun sort of getting to write and develop?
1: Oh, that's um, a good question. I think actually the characters that are more based on me are actually the hardest to write. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I definitely there's a little bit of me in. I think. Many of the characters, it's like mm-hmm. especially the female characters, but I think the um the female characters that I think maybe I relate to the most are prop probably Peggy and May. So mm-hmm. for those who have read the book, Peggy and May are Tommy's um the son's love interest, and Peggy is um a Chinese a British Chinese woman. Who's based in the original London Chinatown is in the East End in the 1920s. Why May is from the present day and she's, um, basically just, she just moves from, to London from Hong Kong. And I think those two are the most relatable, relatable to me because I think, um, a lot of the London stuff is based on my own experiences living in London. So I lived in London oh, wow. for like four years. Yeah. Four or five years. And all, and that experience of, um, a person from the east moving to the west and existing in that new space mm-hmm. um, in a totally different culture it's a very personal experience to me and something that I personally went through as well and there's a lot of um things about um in terms of both of their um, dynamic with Tommy that was based a lot on my own journey as a young woman kind of like yeah. Struggling to find my own way of kind of like finding my own worth outside of 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 a relationship with the man and basically trying to find my own voice and trying to find basically to stand up for myself. So I think those two characters are
0: definitely the most inspired by me. That is amazing. I I loved both of them and I loved, I thought it was so interesting. This book has so many moving parts, but I felt those two women played such a heavy role in what happens with Tommy's journey, but then also how that affects like the entire story. Um, I love, I loved them. Yeah. I loved oh, them so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So, Um, I really, really want to talk to you about your use of structure. I thought it was like completely captivating. It had me hooked from the very first chapter. Oh, thank you. Um, There's like no quotations for the dialogue. Every character uses the structure differently. Like specifically Ava's chapters felt like it was almost reminiscent of like poetry. It was really, really melodic and in really short paragraphs would you mind speaking to some of your structural choices? And was this something that you actively knew that you wanted to do? Or did it just sort of happen as you were writing?
1: Oh, um, I would love to explain that. Um, I think like a big inspiration for how for the basically the different kind of um, the experimental prose in the book was because I read um, this memoir by one of my favorite poets. Her name, her name is Yisa Daily Ward. So she's this poet from Manchester, and she wrote this book called The Terrible, and it's a memoir of her life growing up in Manchester. So, but she wrote all of it in kind of like poetry form, and it was okay. the first time when I read something that it's that is technically prose, but it's written in this very like rhythmic, flowing, flowing lyrical style. And it just blew my mind because I was like, oh my God, I can actually do this with prose and it can be a totally different experience for the reader because I felt like when I was reading her book, it felt so emotional because of the way it was written. And when I was writing Moon, I really wanted to um capture this because there's so much time trouble in it. There's so much nostalgia, there's so much kind of like revisiting our memories of the past that I really wanted to capture what that would feel like to a person Mm -hmm. so i i try so i would equate us remembering our past kind of like us living in a dream and when you're in a dream you sometimes you can't really remember who says what like when when do like what's happening like everything is kind of fuzzy and everything sort of like flows together so i wanted to capture that kind of feeling for the chapters that are set in the past when the characters time travel. So I really want readers when they read it, they can not just know that they're in the past tra- time fra- time traveling, but I want them to like feel it in the way that the language flows as well. And I thought that it, and I thought it was, it would also be a very cool way to describe how diff, how the different characters interact with their own ability to time travel um i love that you picked out like eva's chapters because i decided because eva is such a creative character and Mm -hmm. she she draws and she paints and she has this very vivid way of approaching life like this very colorful way of approaching life so i wanted the structure of her prose to reflect that as well so yeah yeah, so everything is i try to make all the um the choices for the experiments experimental prose to be very character based and also very like atmospheric <laughs> based, if that
0: makes sense absolutely absolutely i i think that that is like something that i completely picked up on in the writing and something i even noticed like as the characters and i, I won't spoil anything i don't want to spoil the book for anyone who hasn't read it but as the characters sort of like come to terms like with their abilities to time travel or like suffer from the repercussions of the choices that they've made while time traveling. Especially Tommy, his chapters, I love how much the prose changes as his chapters continue. And and he really, he, yeah, the sentences just get much more like fragmented and he's struggling much more. But yeah, I I thought it was absolutely brilliant.
1: Oh. Oh, Thank you for picking that out. Like, the Tommy's <laughs> yeah. chapters. The Tommy chapters like towards the end was definitely like really hard to write. But I thought but when I was reading like um as mentioned, uh, the terrible, um, I thought it was such a cool, like I think it's not something that's done enough or explored enough in literature in terms of how form and rhythm and basically how we put words like on the page can actually help evolve like emotions or help kind of yeah. add another different layer to to what the characters are feeling
0: yeah oh 100 the the last few chapters i was tearing up I was i was a little bit of a mess it was yeah it was very very powerful um oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> no thank you <laughs> um so your characters can travel through time, but they all have a limitation to them. Um yes. Ava can travel to times where her family members um, were alive, or Lily can travel to, I think it was Victorian England. So if you could travel through time, but you also had a limitation, be it time or location, just like in your book, where do you think you would want to travel to?
1: Oh, I think I would definitely... Because, like as mentioned, I'm a very big like World War II history geek. Mm-hmm. Like, I would feel like my um time traveling abilities would be similar to Tommy's, which yes. is basically the 20s and 30s in like London, in like Chinatown, London. So I think I would definitely be so fascinated to witness that time in history. Yeah, and just especially, yeah, as yeah. That would be fascinating as well, like that. And I would love to see basically Bangkok during that time as well. Because I don't think um growing up in Thailand, we're not educated on that time period as much as people in the West might be. Okay. So that period of history is still like a big, like missing (laughs) missing like knowledge gap for many of us. So I think it would be so cool to actually see what life was like back then during that time period in Thailand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That would be amazing. Yeah, that yeah. would be great. Yeah. What about you? Why would, oh, would you want to? Um, It's tough. I I love, oh gosh, I think I would either pick, I would either want to live in like Regency era England oh. or I would want to like, travel to like 1920s America. And ooh, like the jazz age. Yeah, oh, exactly. experience that jazz yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did they call it the Jazz Age?
1: that's one. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Kind of like Gatsby, Gatsby era, right? Exactly. Yeah. Wear the fun dresses, have a fun haircut. <laughs> um so a lot of, you know, media when you're tackling something like time travel, um everybody sort of creates their own rules. Time travelers yes. life or about time or or anything yeah. like so what would you say was the most complicated part of creating your own <laughs> rules for time travel? I think it's basically kind of making I think the most difficult
1: part is basically because you have to kind of decide oh are they able to change like to change the future like yeah. basically like what uh, I think the most difficult part is basically trying to kind of um make sure that because um, the most difficult part is the Tommy and Peggy stuff for sure because Tommy keeps going back to the 20s and the 30s like he doesn't show up at the same point all the time so sometimes he shows up and Peggy is a little bit older sometimes she's a little bit younger and it's really hard to kind of like keep track of all of that and make sure that the timeline makes sense
0: yeah I think that's that is the
1: most difficult part and um I decided very early on that it's not going to be Scientific, like it's, mm-hmm. there are and rules, but I'm not gonna lean too much on the science behind the time travel. I think my mentor was like, Oh, do you want to read, um, Stephen Hawking's, um, I think I don't remember the name of the book, the, the book who wrote about a history of time, oh, a big yeah, history yeah, yeah. of time. And I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, I'm glad you mentioned about time because it's a big inspiration for this book as well. Like, um, because in in the movie about time, the rules of time travel are quite vague. Yeah. I think all they do in was to travel back in time is close their eyes and just like, and then, then they they're back in time. And but what makes it unique is that it's so central on like the two the characters of the the father and the son. Yeah. Like, it becomes a story about the characters instead. And tr- time travel is sort of used as a tool for the character to explore that relationship. Yeah. Um, so that's what I wanted to do with the book. So I, I had like my rules, like established, like my basic rules, but yeah, it was definitely difficult to keep like the timeline, like to make sure that the timeline makes sense. But I also did it, um, intentionally keep certain things vague and mm-hmm. sort of ambiguous for that very reason because i want it to be very character based and for readers actually like um, after reading it to like have their own questions like raise more questions and they can imagine what would happen after this book is over like they're still, yeah. like yeah.
0: yeah yeah absolutely i like i like that it's much more character and emotion based um time mm-hmm. travel it is it was very reminiscent I felt well about time is one of my favorite movies um so I hope it I hope it is a compliment I know some people don't like rom-coms but (laughs) um I I think it's like the scene with the father and the son when they like go back in time together and get to relive one of their
1: yeah
0: their favorite experiences I felt you know so much of the time travel that happens in the end with Tommy but then so much with Ava is she's she's figuring out who she is and she's getting to know her family and it was it was very emotional as i i thought it was a really clever way um of oh. tackling you know some of these uh. some of these topics without making it like a heavy science fiction novel yeah based on the also, itself yeah i
1: i think like out in about time is a great example and also um certain doctor who episodes like Blink. Mm. Um yes. the one with Karen Mulligan and the Weeping Angels and also um Vincent and the Doctor with Matt Smith, Karen Gillen, and the one where they go go back and meet Vincent Van Gogh. Like these two yeah. episodes are like huge inspirations. And also it's because
0: I'm just terrible at science. <laughs> I'm just bad at like maths and science. So yeah. That's fair. But um the Vincent Van Gogh is my favorite Doctor Who episode. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a really good episode. It's a good yeah. one. Um so I hope this is not spoiling anything, but I heard that your book has been optioned or that the film rights have been purchased um yeah. by Gemma Chan, is that correct?
1: Yes, by Gemma Chan and 21 Labs. So the company that made Stranger Things. So it's been right. optioned. Yeah, it's been optioned by 21 Labs and Netflix. So it's in the process of it's in development
0: <laughs> in development so you're in, it's like, in development. intense development pre 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 production but do you have yes. any moment from your book that you are excited to see on the screen
1: oh so um it, there's still a long way to go before we yeah. get to the stage of it being like made but it's but so far it's been going well so fingers crossed but I think like the most exciting part I think it's um, basically seeing um how basically seeing um I think it would be really cool to see London Chinatown, yeah um from from in the twenties and thirties visually because I think that would be I don't think we've seen that location in mainstream TV shows and films that much so it'll yeah. be very cool to see that and also it will be very cool to. Watch how the screenwriter would interpret the love story between Joshua and Lily, like how that how that would be adapted as well, and it would be really cool. Fingers crossed to see who would play Joshua, because I feel like that's such yeah. a that's such a very personal character to me because of my family. So I think, and it would require someone someone with so much like gravitas and so much mm-hmm. impressive that would be so cool to if we ever get to that stage to see who would be able to embody that.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Hopefully my fingers are crossed, we get to that stage. Mm-hmm. Um you don't have to share who, but do you have any actors in mind mm-hmm. for who would play Joshua? Uh, uh no. <laughs> no, but no. This is a
1: very oh well that was very cool to honest. But one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite actors ever is Tony Lian. So um oh, have you heard of it? Tony I've Lin, heard of so him. he's. Yeah, so he's the main actor in In The Mood for Love. And he's also okay. um the 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 main actor in Inferno Fat, which yes. Martin Scorsese remade into the Departed. <laughs> okay. And he's one of my favorite actors. And I always imagine someone with that presence, someone with that level of like charisma and
0: um star power. Yeah. To kind of embody Joshua. Amazing. Someone who really like yeah cap steals every scene right really captures captures the screen
1: even when he's not speaking like if you watch in the mood for love there's not a lot of dialogue at all so a lot of it is just tony like smoking (laughs) but he does it in a way that's just so charismatic and so captivating and it's really hard to find like actors like that i think
0: yeah oh definitely it it takes it takes a really special actor to be able to hold the screen that well. Yeah. Um so we are nearing the end of our time, but before you go a question that we ask almost all of our guests when they are here on the podcast, what is your all-time favorite book? Oh, this is so hard because <laughs> I I I
1: have I feel like it changes every day and there's like a list and you have to be like, "Oh, what which genre?" <laughs> <laughs> But i think like the thing uh, one of the books that i um that comes to mind right now is basic uh is sassy by by madeline miller yes yeah, yeah. um i'm i'm very fascinated and interested in um the theme of um female isolation and loneliness i think mm-hmm. if, if you read moon a lot of that is present in my book as well and i feel like sassy is such a really interesting observation of that of like isolation of loneliness and also it's also a very fun entertaining myth as well Mm -hmm. even though she's discussing all um she's like talking about these like serious themes but there's a like there's this narrative to it that's very kind of addictive you kind of want to know what happens next but
0: there's there's so much emotion in it
1: as well so it's definitely one of my favorite books
0: yeah, I love that one. I love that one. Really good choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to what she writes next. Me too. Yeah. I um I know Song of Achilles is her big one, but I, I did really prefer Cersei, so I'm I'm excited to see what she oh, does same. next. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love the Song of Achilles as well, but I think maybe it's because I really um identify with Cersei as a character. Maybe it's because like we're both like women. I think that's yeah, it, it holds yeah. a special place in my heart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just loved, I loved her journey. I loved, you know, her figuring out her independence in a way yeah. and, and figuring out that she didn't need um, affirmation from anybody else. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, I lost my train of thought. Pim, do you have any <laughs> favorite independent bookshop where people would be oh. able to purchase your book? Yes, Um,
1: I lived in Edinburgh, and this book was written in Edinburgh. Um, Well, a lot of it is based in London in this book, (laughs) so (laughs) I should. But I wrote it when I was in Edinburgh, and uh, Edinburgh really feels like a second home. So. I would plug, um uh, toppings while you work in Edinburgh. Oh, it's you. a very, like, it's, it's a very lovely bookshop. Also the lighthouse bookshop in Edinburgh as well. They were very kind enough to, um, host my launch. Um, yeah. so te- definitely toppings, the lighthouse bookshop. And I really love book bar in London as well. So there's a really nice, nice bookshop. And, um, there's also, um, the Primrose Hill bookshop, like right by, um, Right by Primrose Hill. When I was doing my proof drop around, like um, bookshops in London, um, I went to the Primrose Hill bookshop, and it was really like cute. And this so so much of the book is set. It's a big location in in the book as well, Primrose Hill. So it was really cool to like go there and see like the bookshop there. So these four. I know that you asked for one. I just gave <laughs> four. <full>, but
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's perfect. Um. Oh, Primrose yeah. Hill Books is. That is cute. Yeah, from yeah. Yeah, very cute. Um, to our listeners, if you are interested in purchasing Pim's book, The Moon Represents My Heart, I will provide links to all four of those bookshops in the episode description. So be sure to check that out. And Pim, before we let you go, um, do you have a website or any social media where people who are looking to follow you or follow your writing would be able to um catch up with you? Yes, um, I'm
1: on, um, I have a website. It's net. I'm also on Twitter. So I'm also on Instagram. If you search my name, I come up on that. So yeah, you can follow me. I put, I'm actually taking a break from Instagram right now to
0: like write.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> I I <laughs> but I will be back. But I will be back.
0: Oh, got to focus on that writing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, if you guys are interested in following Pim, I will add her social media and her website to the episode description as well. And with that, uh, Pim, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so nice to get to chat with you and to get to hear all about you and all about your book. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate all the kind words about the book. Of course, I, I genuinely really loved it. I hope everybody picks up a copy. And oh. thank you, thank you so very much. That's so nice. Thank you so much. Well, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. And if you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. I am off to do my newest video for our Patreon. I am now doing a series where I will be talking about all the books that I am currently reading every single month as I no longer have an Instagram to post about them. (laughs) Um, And if you are interested in joining our Novel Finds community on the Patreon, please follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Thank you so much for being a novel friend. We will see you all next week.